Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. It's always an honor, always a privilege, praise God, to bring you the Word. So grateful that you're uh, listening in or watching by video, however it is you're uh, connecting with us. It's always an honor to be able to bring the Word of God to people, praise God, to people that are hungry for the Word of God. Amen. So once again, we're going to jump right back into Romans chapter 5 with a key verse, praise God. We've been talking about over the last several weeks about reigning in life and what it means to reign in life, praise God. So our key verse, again, verse 17 of Romans 5, and it says this, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, of course, talking about Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Of course, in chapter 5 here, it's bringing out the, uh, we could say maybe the analogy of, of what Adam has done, what Jesus did, and uh, what Adam did, of course, affected all mankind. What Jesus did affected all mankind, but yet what Jesus did was far greater than anything that Adam did, praise God. And that's kind of the emphasis of uh, this part of the text here. And verse 17 says that we're called to reign in life, all right? Now, let's just define that, all right? Now, the word reign, okay, just means to rule in dominion, all right? To rule in dominion. It also uses phrases like to obtain royal power or to exercise kingly influence and control. That's why some of your translations talk about reigning as kings in life. There's many translations. We did that, I think, in the first service. We talked about reigning as a king and what that means. And so many translations actually put that in the text. One of the other definitions of to reign in life means the basis and foundation of power. So in other words, when you're grabbing hold of what it's talking about in this verse, what you have then, if you're going to reign in life, you have the basis and the foundation of power literally means the strength to govern, the confidence to win, speaks of things like stability or to hold sway, okay? And that's we've really emphasized that over the last several weeks, you know, what it means to reign in life. Now, of course, it says if you're going to reign in life, you're going to have to receive some things. Now, of course, the word receive is the Greek word lambano, which means to, to take hold of something, but literally means to seize to or to literally take hold of or take possession of something that's been offered unto you, okay? And that's what he's saying. Now, the things that he says in this text is you have to receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, amen. Now, earlier it calls righteousness a free gift, amen. Now, righteousness, of course, is talking about right standing with. Uh, it speaks of things like... Uh, uh, to have rights and privileges. It refers to being justified. Things, even words like equity, okay, these are all things. So a lot of your words like justified, justification, righteous, righteousness, all comes out of this same root word uh, in the area of, of, of this word righteous, praise God. So it means to be rendered right or to have right standing with, praise God. So Jesus paid a price, Amen. The word says, he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that you might be made the righteousness of God. Go a little further down in the chapter, it says the same thing, that you were made righteous, praise God. All right, now I talk about that one first because what that did, see, is it made a way for you to go unto the Father. You always have access 
As a believer, you always have access unto the Father. Even if you've made a mistake, all right, the, the quickest thing that you can do when you make a mistake, you come up short, you do something, you, you blow it or whatever, uh, the best thing you can do is run to God. Amen. Get yourself free from whatever it is, amen, that's trying to, uh, you know, hold itself over you, all right? So Jesus, first and foremost, made a way by, here we go, making you to, he made you, come on, depending on the text, uh, the righteousness of God, all right? So you were made into right standing with, amen. You have to receive that. You have to possess that. You have to seize, take hold of that. Amen. That's for you. All right. That's, uh, that's not something you have to earn. Now you, you've made Jesus Lord. You've accepted Christ. So now what you have to do is possess something that's been offered to you. And that's a thing called righteousness. Amen. You are now the righteousness of God. That's part of your identity. Amen. As a child of God, part of the household of faith. Amen. Uh, you know, royal, uh, part of the royal family, we could say. Amen. And because of that, you have, all, or you always have access unto the Father. You have a place at any given time uh, to go unto the Father, praise God. And we used, uh, you know, one of the texts in uh, one of the services there, we talked about, you know, coming boldly or with confidence unto the throne of grace. Amen. So that's referring to with confidence and assurance. Why? Because you're already made the righteousness of God. You can come unto the throne, amen, with boldness and confidence at any given time. And that's a pretty good promise, praise God, pretty good thing that's been offered to you, amen. So you have to seize that. If you do not seize that, you will not reign in life. You will not have the confidence and the assurance that you need. And you won't have the basis and the foundation of power. The enemy will hold things over you, all right? Now hang on to that. The other thing offered or the other thing that's, that we're called to take hold of is a thing called the abundance of grace, okay? So once you come unto the throne of grace, amen, you obtain that mercy and you find that grace. We took some time to find all that. But grace, uh, meaning uh, a gift, uh, you know, something, a, a favor, something that's been given unto you, but it's talking about, amen, a divine influence. In fact, that's how it's worded in a concordance, okay? Just your Strong's concordance will define it as, a divine influence upon the heart or the core or the center, okay? So a divine, a godly influence, amen, to impact, to imprint, to impart something. So influence, amen, a godly influence upon the core and then its reflection in your life. So what we brought out was that righteousness made a way for you to go unto the throne at any given time. Grace then is that empowerment to cause you to succeed, amen, to cause you to win, to cause you to conquer, to cause you to uh, uh, put everything else beneath your feet so you can continue to take hold of your future, of your destiny, praise God. And again, we talked much about that. Now, I'm emphasizing it a little bit today because of where we're going today, all right? Now, if you recall, last week, okay, we took a little more time we read through more of chapter 5 here, chapter 6, chapter 7, into chapter 8. We took some time uh, to do all that. And so just real briefly, I'm not going to read through any more of that. I'm just uh, real briefly going to talk about it. Uh, and so uh, we have to receive 
the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness in order to uh, reign in life. Now, a big part of chapter 5 talked about the fact that you have to receive that justification. In other words, righteousness. So you have to say yes to righteousness, but in order to say yes to righteousness, in other words, in order for you to receive, or pardon me, justification, I mean, say yes to justification and righteousness, in order to do that, see, you have to say, you have to receive that justification. And now, in order to receive justification means you have to say no to condemnation. Stressed that a little bit last week. So when we're talking about receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness to reign in life, okay, part of that is saying no to condemnation. See, righteousness made a way so you could be justified. Amen. So now justification, pardon, made right. Amen. Vindicated. Amen. You're no longer held by a thing called condemnation shame, guilt, okay, all that stuff that tries to, and, and basically puts a negative verdict over you, okay, it, it, a negative sentence over you, and that's what the enemy tries to do, that every time you make a mistake or come up short, he tries to hold that over you, all right, hold your past over you, hold uh, your yesterday and yesteryear over you somehow or another, and take, take authority over you through that, through a thing called condemnation. But the thing is, if you're going to receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, means you also have to receive justification. You can't, you can't say no to that. You have to say, yes, I'm justified. I'm made right before God, even though you made a mistake, all right? And we, we kind of stressed a little bit last week. We said, you know, we're not, we're not given a license to sin. We're not giving people, you know, an excuse or, uh, you know, justifying sin in any way, shape, or form. We're just saying that, see, sin was to come in and then dictate, okay, hold over you something, all right? And then what it does, see, is it uses a thing called condemnation to keep you in place, and that's what the enemy does. So in order to receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness to reign in life, you have to receive justification. You have to receive it. You have to take hold of it, which means then you have to reject condemnation. You have to say no to condemnation, say no to guilt, say no to shame. You have to do it, all right? And, and, and this is going to make more sense as we get into this today. We went into then to chapter 6, and we talked about living or walking in newness of life, it talks about. And the whole thing's talking about the illustration of what Christ did by the death, the burial, and the resurrection, that that same thing, that you came in, uh, really, uh, you took on that same thing, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So through all that, trying to show you that you are alive unto God now. You're dead to sin, and all that sin tries to do, and you're alive unto God. Now, that's why Paul took his time through these chapters here, writing to the church of Rome, kind of almost like he's, like he's before a courtroom. And he comes at this in several different ways, trying to bring across, amen, what Christ has done for mankind. That we are no longer held by what the enemy holds people under with, okay, because of what Christ has done. So little by little, he chips away at it through these chapters. So you are alive unto God and you're dead to sin. In other words, the word even says that sin uh, should no longer have dominion or authority over you. 
okay? Because you're not under that. You're not under the law anymore. You're under grace, amen. You're not under, uh, you know, the letter of the law, having to live by the letter of the law. You're now living by the empowerment of God from on high, amen, as you move forward in God, amen. So that way, if you're not living by the letter of the law, by your own, your own power, your own ability, your own might, okay, then the enemy can't put condemnation on you. Because it ain't about your strength. It ain't about you making sure you do all the do's and don't do the don'ts and all that kind of stuff. Instead, you're leaning on him, moving toward him and in him, positioned in him. Now he's empowering you to walk this thing out. Amen. So you can actually live the life you're called to live. Praise God. Free from sin. Free from all that it tries to hold over you. Praise God. So that's what chapter 6 talks about. You get into chapter 27 or pardon me, chapter 7, I mean. And then what it talks about here is about uh, serving in newness of the Spirit or newness of life, newness of the Spirit, amen. So what does that mean? Well, it just bottom line just says you don't have to live by the letter of the law. You now live, amen, based on the empowerment of God, amen. And we did, we took some time and we showed the importance of the law. We showed the importance of the commandments, amen, all that. So we didn't, we didn't take away the power of that or the importance of that. But what we showed you is what Christ has done. So he says, now you, under a new covenant, under what Christ has done, under the price that he's paid for you, praise God, you now live a new way. You're not living by the letter of the law. You're now living by the empowerment that you receive every time you come unto him. Amen. So now you can walk the commandments just based on the empowerment that he gives you, leading you by the Spirit. That's why it talks about walking in the newness of the Spirit or serving, I think is actually the word it uses, serving in newness, in the newness of the Spirit. Amen. And we talked some about that last week. We ended up in chapter 8, and which is where we're going to go today, but we ended up in chapter 8 um, talking about living according to the Spirit or walking according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh and what that means, all right? So quite a bit of review there, but I wanted to bring all out because of what I want to share today because I'm kind of just really kind of doing now a spinoff of what we did last week to try to emphasize some things and bring a little more clarity, amen, out of Romans 8 here today. So let's do this. Even though we read the first few verses last week in Romans 8, let's go to verse 1 again, and we're going to kind of just read through this again, and partly because I feel like uh, a little bit of what happened in, or what's happening in Romans 8 here, in a sense, is kind of almost summing up some things that he said in the last couple, you know, last two, three chapters here. So he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, okay? No condemnation again, all right? No uh, adverse sentence or being pronounced guilty, convicted, uh, uh, an adverse verdict, okay? Uh, instead, you've been justified, right? That's what he said in chapter 5. You've been justified, all right? In other words, you've been vindicated, released. It talks about forgiveness, pardoned, acquittal, remission. These are all words for that word justification, okay? You've been made righteous, okay? So there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, positioned in Christ, okay? In fact, if you recall, I think I, I mentioned, you know, out of Ephesians 2, 
In verse 6, it says that you've been raised up together and seated together with Him in heavenly places. And it, and it says, in Christ. Okay, So you've been raised up and seated together in Christ in heavenly places. Okay, So uh, you've been positioned there. See, because of what you did by making Jesus Lord of your life, this is a transaction that happened in your life. Now, you may not feel like you've been raised up and seated together with Him, you may, uh, you know, look at your life and say, my life doesn't line up with that so much, but I made Jesus Lord of my life. I accepted him as Lord. So what I have to do now by faith is I have to receive, lambano, I have to receive what's been offered to me. I have to receive what he says about me. I have to receive, amen, I have to take hold of what he's offering me, praise God, amen, what he's laid before me. I am now part of royalty. I'm part of that family. I'm part of the household of faith. I've been now seated together in him. So that's what he's trying to bring out here in this verse. He says, you're not, you're not under that, 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 that condemnation because you're now positioned in him, all right? You're not held by that anymore. And then it goes on to say, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, part of this, uh, you know, the who do not, that part of that who do, that part there is all italicized, which is not really even in the text, the original text. Uh, I know the translators try to put those things in to try to make, make clarity of some things. But when you kind of read this in the Greek, um, in a sense, it kind of almost it kind of almost puts a little different spin on it then. Okay, but it's talking about, uh, really it's talking more about your identity because it says you're now somebody that now conducts life or walks, see, uh, to that word walk also means to be occupied, live life or conduct life, or to walk about everyday life. It's what it's talking about. So you now walk by the Spirit, by the way the Spirit does things. You don't walk uh, according to how flesh does things. In fact, the word flesh or according to the flesh is referring to human nature, okay? Whereas the Spirit is talking about divine nature, okay? So he's, he's kind of, in a sense, in this verse, talking more about who you are, not putting a condition so much, okay, as he's trying to bring across to us who we are, okay? You are no longer under condemnation because you no longer live according to flesh or human natural uh, nature, okay? You now live by the Spirit. That's who you are now. Amen. Receive who you are and don't come under that condemnation anymore. Now, part of this word, according to the flesh, I think I might have brought that definition out last week and I'm going to do it again. You know, it means human nature. It's the first thing it brings up when you bring up a concordance. But it talks about uh, when you kind of start studying the word about according to flesh, Okay, it refers to not just moral depravity, corruptness, or immorality. And I think I did bring that up last week. But a lot of times you see, hear the word flesh, the first thing your mind runs to is stuff like depravity, um, you know, corruptness, immorality, ungodliness, okay? And it's not always wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that's wrong, but you have to understand in the light of everything he's saying over these last few chapters, he's not really referring to that. Uh, primarily. It's more about uh, what this word also means, uh, that it means uh, uh, the tendencies to lean on natural strength, the tendencies to lean on our own natural abilities and power, all right? That's what it's talking about. So in other words, when you try to live by the law, you're trying to live 
you know, by the letter of, of do's and don'ts, okay? Uh, you know, and, and so what you're trying to say is, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you try to live that way. And what happens is you're trying to do this in your own power, trying to do this in your own strength. Well, you're only going to go so far with that. And what happens is, what happens with every person, okay, nobody's excluded from this. There's only been one individual who's lived by the letter of the law and lived it fully. His name was Jesus, okay? And that's why he paid a price for you and me. He fulfilled the law, amen, and as a result of it then, paid the price for you and me so we wouldn't have to pay that price again, all right? But instead made a way, amen, saying it again, made a way for you and me to go unto the Father, amen, at any given time to be empowered by God to be influenced, impacted, imprinted, praise God, uh, you know, empowered, amen, hallelujah, influenced by Him so we can walk this out, praise God. Because if we're not being empowered by Him, you're then doing it in your own power, doing it in your own strength, and you're going to come up short. It's inevitable, okay? You will come up short. And then you're a, you're a wide-open target for the enemy to shove condemnation your way, okay? Guilt and shame, okay? So when you continue to live that way, you are going to open the door to condemnation. But in this text here, he's trying to show us, amen, that he's trying to really, in a sense, just say who you are in this piece right here. He's saying you, you're not held by condemnation anymore. You're not under that mess. You're not alive to sin. You're dead to sin. See, sin has no more dominion over you, okay, because you don't live uh, by the letter of the law anymore. You live by the empowerment of the grace of God, what He's done for you. And if you do that, then you're living according to the Spirit in newness of life. In, you're serving in newness of the Spirit. You're walking according to the Spirit. These are the phrases that he uses over these last few chapters here, okay? So it's a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of being, a whole new way of conducting life, a whole new way of walking this thing out, amen? And that's what Paul's trying to bring across here, all right? So he says, you are now somebody who literally lives or walks according to the Spirit. In fact, a little further down in the chapter, it says that you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Amen. So if the Spirit of God dwells in you, then that's he's trying to tell you who you are. You're of the Spirit. You're not of the flesh. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have once in a while fleshly tendencies. And those are the things we're going to talk about today. All right. And why that is. All right. So let's read a little bit further on. Verse 1 again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law or the principle of the Spirit of life in Christ, in other words, everything we've been talking about over the last few weeks, amen, this, this spiritual principle, amen, of what Christ has done for you has, past tense, made us free from the law of sin and death. And that is referring to the letter of the law, that particular word. we did. I think we brought that out last week. All right, it's a little bit different spin on that Greek word there, which refers to the law or the letter of the law. All right, and of course, which if you live by that, it leads toward sin and death. Okay, now hang on. For the law 
uh, let's see, uh, verse 3, I'm sorry, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. So he's trying to tell you why the law couldn't really, you know, living by the law ain't gonna, isn't going to be good, all right? Uh, because it's going to be weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Remember, he fulfilled the law, and on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, he lived it. He walked it, praise God. That the righteous requirement or demand of the law, right, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk, again, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And again, talking more about identity. You're now somebody who walks according to spirit. That's who we are, not according to flesh. All right? And I'm hoping I'm making myself uh, clear with that. All right. So let's let's do this now and shift gears. We're going to go to verse 5 and then um, bring out what I had for you today. Verse 5 says, For those who live or conduct life according to the flesh, okay? In other words, even though you're not called to that, but yet for some reason you still seem to live according to it, okay? Why is that? It's because they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, come on now, okay, the things of the Spirit. In other words, they've set their mind on the things of the spirit. Now let's let's define that a little bit. Now you, you know you don't have to be you know listening very long uh, to Pastor Jerry as far as messages and services without me touching on you know talking about setting our mind on things above. Praise God uh, because we talk about it quite a bit. But I want to I want to bring this out today in the light of what we've been hearing over the last week or two, okay, or three or four. How I many it's been? But and it says here that. In order to act or live according to the flesh, in other words, if you're going to start living in accordance to that, in other words, even though you're not somebody called to live according to flesh, instead of we're according to spirit, but the problem is, is you still want to live according to that. Now, the reason being is because we've set our mind on that, okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, to set the mind, okay, means to aim the mind, to aim the affection towards or aim our attention towards. It means also to exercise or to entertain or interest the mind. Okay, so again, so depending on how this word's used and what, what text and everything, so it's referring to the exercise, the, to entertain or to interest the mind or to be mindful of. In fact, uh, when Paul, or probably when uh, Jesus addressed Peter one time, says, you're, no, you're not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. That's what he's talking about. You, your mind, you've entertained your mind with the wrong stuff here. Okay, you, you gave attention to the wrong things, and now you're living according to it, or you're thinking according to it, or you're conducting life according to it, all right? But this word set also, when you look it up, it literally means to be of the same mind of or to be of the same mind with, okay? To be of the same mind of, or to be of the same mind with, okay? And it really refers to being, um, being mentally in agreement with something, okay? And that's really, when you kind of look in the light of what we've been talking about, that really kind of starts making some more sense because he says, listen, if you're, you're going to live according to, uh, you know, living by the letter of the law, and you know, doing everything in your power and in your strength and your ability, and thus, as a result of it, opening up the door 
to condemnation, guilt, and shame because you can't measure up, you can't quite do it all. Okay, if you continue to live like that, it's because you've literally gotten, you, you, you remain mentally in agreement with it, okay? You have the same, uh, what's it say here, the, to be of the same mind. You have the same mind of, of according to the flesh, okay, or natural reasoning. So you have set your mind on that. You have agreed mentally that's how you have to live. And what happens is even though it, it, it continually beats you up, you still mentally are in agreement. You're okay with that. So the enemy continues to hold things over you, okay? And as I brought out last week, uh, you know, I stressed quite a bit on this thing of condemnation, that it's a paralyzer. Condemnation will shut you down. Condemnation will not allow you to move forward in God. People who live or have their minds set on that in agreement with that kind of that kind of way of living, they constantly are shut down and can't move forward in God because they constantly beat themselves up or allow the enemy to beat them up. But uh, regardless, it's, 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 you mentally get paralyzed. You get shut down in your walk, all right, because you can't move forward with that kind of thinking. And it goes on, you know, you get into like chapter or verse uh, 6, it said, for to be carnally minded then is death. In other words, it puts you on a pathway and a roadway that leads to ruin and destruction and death. Even though you're a child of God. And, 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 and brother, sister, remember, this is a letter to the church. This isn't something talking about the world. He's talking to you and me. So he says, if you're going to be that kind of mind, if, you, if you're going to be of the same mind of according to flesh, in other words, carnal, uh, what does it say? They're carnally minded. Okay, what that means then is it's going to shut you down. You're not going to finish what you need to finish. Now, remember, everything we're talking about in this series is reigning in life. So if you're not going to receive what we're talking about here, in other words, you're going to still continue to be of the mind that you have to live by the letter of the law, Okay, then, and you won't receive what he's done for you. Instead, you know, and now live by or according to the Spirit. In other words, receiving, amen, that you're already in right standing and receive, amen, that empowerment of grace, amen, that divine influence to empower you to live this. If you don't want to set your mind on that and be in agreement with that, you see, you have to receive that to reign in life. And if you won't receive that, then you are shut down. You end up in a road path or some kind of roadway that ends up in, in death, it says. Okay, nobody wants that. Ruin, destruction, devastation, okay? Uh, and, and, and I think I, I might have said this uh, last week and, and, and um, you know, I'm just maybe just repeat it this week. And, and that is, you know, a letter to the church, okay? Which means... Um, we could uh, literally, even though we're a child of God, and again, we're not taking away your salvation. We're not taking away the new birth in your life. We're not taking away the fact that you're heaven bound. We're not taking away of that. But what we're saying is the life that you're living right now, amen, instead of reigning in life, now you end up on some road of ruin and destruction. Even though you're called to the, the other one, what's it say? But to be spiritually minded, in other words, to be in agreement with the spirit way of, of doing things, 
is life and peace. The word life, zoe life, or absolute life. The word peace, okay, is irene, which means uh, wholeness, completeness, amen. Nothing missing, nothing broken, everything in divine order. That's what, I mean, every, that's, everybody wants that, life and peace, amen. So all he's saying is that you have to make sure your mind's, that's what you have, this is a part of that receiving what's yours, what's being offered. Okay, I, I'm going to set my mind on the fact that I'm in right standing with him. I'm going to set my mind that Jesus paid a price, that I don't have to come under that uh, carnal way of, you know, that fleshly, natural, uh, you know, human, uh, um, you know, uh, nature, that human way of doing things. Child of God, this sometimes gives the, the understanding. And again, this is not no, you know, trying to beat on anybody. This is not our point. But it's, it's a sad day when you got a child of God that ain't living any better than the other people down the street don't even know God. Okay? And it's not, it wasn't designed to work that way. And what happens is, you know, uh, and maybe I'm kind of biting off a lot right here, but what happens a lot of times in, uh, you know, after a lot of this goes on, pretty soon we start, you know, accepting, you know, false doctrines of the fact of, you know, that it's okay to be, poor and not have anything. It's okay to be sick, broke, busted, and disgusted. It's okay to, uh, you know, to not have anything, to suffer for God. And, and when, when it was never designed to work that way, okay, you're called to reign in life. You're called to be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. You're called to, to be the conqueror, the overcomer, you're called to flow in the power, amen, the gifts and the callings and the anointings that God offers the church, praise God. You're called to live way above what anybody on this, on, in this human, natural uh, realm, you're called to live way beyond it, okay? But see, if we have a mind, if we're carnally minded, we have a mind that, as I said here, to be of the same mind of according to flesh instead of according to spirit, then what happens is we end up on the wrong road even though we're a child of God and have everything offered to us. I'm hoping this is making, making sense to you. Again, I, I'm not here to hammer on anybody. I'm just trying to show you that if we're going to reign in life, there are things you have to receive and take hold of. And one of these things is where you set your mind, what you get in agreement with. And you cannot get in agreement with things according to flesh. you got to be in accordance to spirit. Amen. And listen, again, it may, you may not feel like it. You may, not, you may look at your immediate life right now and look around and say, uh, it's not in line with that. But I'm telling you, if you will just receive what's been offered to you and you begin to set this mind on that, I guarantee you your life will shift and change. I guarantee you things will begin to turn around for you. But you cannot set your mind in, in agreement with things according to flesh. Okay, And all that does is cause you to continue to live as though you have no God even though you're born again, and even though you have the greater one on the inside. And so this begins to give understanding of why we set our mind on His way of thinking 
amen, on His, amen, on things above. That's why when the Scriptures uh, bring out in Colossians 3, it talks about uh, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, amen. Now, you know, that might be, you know, when you kind of read through that, you know, when you really... Um, you know, you, you just start thinking, I'm going to think better thoughts. I'm going to think good things. I'm thinking positive, not negative. I'm thinking up, not down. I'm thinking forward, not, you know, backing up, you know. And that's true. That's accurate. We're not taking away from any of that. But if you kind of look at that whole text there in, uh, in um, uh, Colossians 3, uh, it, it starts, you start understanding, listen, I've been, I'm, 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 I'm alive unto God. I'm, I'm dead to all the rest of this stuff. And now, and so I set my mind I mean, I connect my mind, amen, with him and his way of thinking, amen. Oh, hallelujah. I might show you another reference here before we're done here today. Um, uh, back, if, if, if you kind of take the time, back up a little bit there in chapter 7, in verse 23, it talks about the law of the mind. And um, maybe I'll just toss this out here, but the law of the mind is referring to, you know, where you, you know, what you aim at, what you set your attention on determines a direction, okay? Because that's the law or the principle of the mind. Wherever you set your mind is where you start moving towards, okay? That's why it's so important there in chapter 8 where it says to set your mind on things above or things according to the spirit and not of things according to the flesh, amen? It's just so important because it determines the direction. All right, so let's read through this again. All right. <clears throat> Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit are after. In other words, this is how they, they begin now to live this according to the Spirit. It's because they've set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now let's move on here. It says, verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. All right? In other words, it wars against God. That word enmity means to fight against, to war against. So it says here that literally when you begin to set or to aim the mind or to be of the same mind of, you know, carnal flesh, way of thinking, a way of doing, all right? It says then that becomes now something that fights against God. God's trying to do something, and all you're doing is fighting it. That's why you have to receive it. If you receive what he's offered and what he's doing, then now it all begins to work for you, all right? But if you don't, what happens then you're fighting against everything he's trying to do in your life. And so what happens, you'll go your whole life, down this other roadway that's, you know, this roadway of death versus a roadway of life and peace, even though you're a child of God, all right, I know I'm just repeating myself, but that's what he says. He says if you, if you get on that, that other road because of a carnal mindset, then it becomes enmity against God. And it says for it is not subject then to what God's doing, the law of God or the principle of God, like he talked about there in verse 2, the law of the spirit of life. In other words, if you won't, you know, if you're not going to, if you're not going to aim your mind, you know, in the right direction, if you're not going to attach your thinking to the right things, okay, in other words, if you're not going to, you know, be of the same mind of the spirit, 
then what happens is no matter how much God's trying to do something for you, it can't be done. Because it says uh, to the law of God, nor indeed can be. That's quite a statement. In other words, just based on where you set your, uh, your mind, what you entertain. You know, if you sit here constantly and entertain your mind that you're trying to make it work, you're trying to do this and do enough this and do enough that, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe an extreme of this, some people trying to still trying to earn God's love or earn God's acceptance when you've already as accepted as you'll ever be. You're already as in, he's already in love with you as he'll ever be. Are you hearing this, child of God? But if you go down that road and you start entertaining that kind of thinking, then you're trying to do everything you can to somehow, uh, you know, somehow impress God, okay, which it, that's not at all going to, that's not going to change anything about how God sees you, all right? But you start going down that road, and then pretty soon, okay, you, you know, because you're, you've attached your, your thinking to that, now everything that's, that's going down, or of that same uh, roadway, we could say, is now attaching itself to you condemnation, guilt, shame. You're always going to feel like you're never going to measure up. You're always going to feel less than. You're always going to feel that you can't, you can't do enough good or you can't be good enough or you can't this, you can't that, trying real hard to this. And everything, everything that's attached to that starts attaching itself to you. And that's why he said then uh, in this, this reference that the carnal mind is, is enmity against God. It fights against God and it's not subject uh, to uh, the, the principles of God, the law of God, nor indeed can it be, all right? But then it says this, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God, all right? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you read that by itself and you think, okay, those that just live, you know, unclean won't please God. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about in context, you, you're living by this way of thinking, thinking that you have to live according to natural human way of doing things. He said it, it brings no pleasure to God because of everything he's done for you. All right. It's not that it makes God upset or mad. It just means it brings no satisfaction to his heart. And the reason being is because he's, he's paid a price for you. He's laid everything out there for you to have, but you have to receive it. If you're ever going to reign in life, you got to receive it. You can't let your mind go down this road that that you're somehow trying to, you know, get God to, uh, you know, to love you more, accept you more, or get yourself, you know, good enough to somehow make a way for God more, you know, whatever. It just, it's just such a dangerous way to live, and it always ends up bad. And, that, and it brings no satisfaction to the Father, all right, because, mainly because of the fact, you know, you're just not receiving what He's offering you. And that's what it comes down to, all right? And, and it's hard for some folks, depending on how they've been raised, depending on, you know, what they've been taught, okay? Uh, you, you know, you're constantly, you know, being taught do's and don'ts all the time. And, and don't get me wrong, the, like we brought out last week, I mean, uh, there are do's and there are don'ts. But if you want this to work right, if you want to actually fulfill, uh, you know, the life that you're called to fulfill and, and walk this thing, the only way it's going to happen is by going unto him and letting him empower you to do it, all right? Otherwise, you're going to come up short, and, and that's a sad thing, all right? Uh, and it's hard, man. It's hard. Uh, you know, you just feel beat up all the time, and uh, when, when, in all honesty, you don't have to. And that's why then verse 9, we kind of read this one a little earlier, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, 
if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, come on, then you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit. You live according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. That's what this whole thing's saying. Again, it's about your identity, all right? Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, in other words, if you haven't been born again, well, then he says, you know, then, then, then yeah, okay, he, he is not, he's not his, okay? But that's just for those that haven't received him. And I'm pretty sure most I'm talking to have received him. All right, now there might be some maybe that's watching, and, and if you haven't received Christ, well, this would be a good time to do that. Receive Jesus into your life, amen. And start leaning on him, trusting in him, move toward him, keep drawing into him. Amen. Let him empower you, praise God. Let him strengthen you to do this thing, praise God. Amen. The quickest way to get, get past all that yuck of yesterday and yesteryear is to lean into him. Amen. And because of the fact that you're made righteous and because of the fact now he can empower you through his grace and his empowerment, amen, you can actually do this. You can live this thing, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And if Christ, verse 10, is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Again, he's summing it up. Amen. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, look at this. This is awesome. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. In other words, everything you need to do this and to walk this out is in him. And he's already paid a price so you can have it. Praise God. And now he comes and takes residence on the inside. Amen. Abides on the inside. And that, that same life in here, that same spirit, that same power. And it literally says that same thing that raised Christ from the dead is now in you to raise you out of any mess you may be in. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. This is good stuff. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's look at a couple things. Um, I'm just going to give you some references right now. Let's do this. Proverbs 23. And, well, maybe I'll look. Let's turn to it. Proverbs 23. I thought this was kind of neat, uh, you know, especially in the light of what we uh, have talked about over the years about, you know, our mindset on him. But it just says this, um, verse 6 and 7 of Proverbs 23, it says, Do not eat the bread of a miser, and it literally just means a manipulator, okay, is what that means, uh, nor desire his delicacies, in other words, what he has to offer, for as, as he thinks in his heart, okay, so he is, or so he becomes, or so he exists. Eat and drink, he says to you, uh, but his heart is not with you. And the bottom line is, uh, a manipulator is a manipulator, okay? He's just looking to manipulate. That's how he lives. It's because it's how he thinks. And, and so the point is this, and we've heard this many times, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, or so he becomes, or so he, you know, he, he lives life, okay? And it's the same thing what we've been talking about, okay? If, if you're going to constantly think like that and attach your, your thinking, you mean to be of the same mind of what it used to, you know, how you used to live or still trying to earn something when it's already been offered, all right, what happens is you start now existing in accordance to that. And that's why back there in Romans 8, it says then you ended up on a roadway of death instead of the roadway of life and peace. And we're talking again, I can't stress this enough, Okay, he ain't talking to the world, talking to the church. Okay, so we have to take, take note of that, that uh, when, you know, everything, and this is really the emphasis of why I brought this out uh, today, 
is because when we're talking about reigning in life, you know, having the basis and foundation of power, you know, having that confidence to win and that, you know, strength to govern and all that kind of stuff, to live this thing like we're supposed to, praise God, to fulfill what we're supposed to fulfill, you're going to have to receive some things. You're going to have to take hold of it, even though you may feel you're not deserving of it even. Even though you may feel, uh, you know, nothing in the natural, uh, you know, you have to say, by faith, I'm, I'm taking hold of this. I'm in right standing with God, uh, and I'm, I'm leaning on that grace, that divine influence, praise God, to empower me. I have to have my mind attached to that. I have to mentally be in agreement with that. Because I can't go by how I feel. I can't go by certain things in the natural for a season there. I have to attach myself to that and put everything I have into that, and pretty soon what happens, it begins to shift things. It puts you on a roadway of life and peace, absolute life, amen, Zoe life, absolute life, amen, no death, no darkness, amen, and peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, bring everything into divine order, praise God. How does all that happen? Well, because you've attached yourself. So you've mentally attached yourself to what he says and what he thinks. And what you've done now is you've received, you've literally by doing that is laid hold of what's rightfully yours, what he's offering you. And when you begin to do that, everything now begins to shift and it gives God place to move. Now remember, when you don't, it wars against God. But when you do, come on. Now God has something to work with, and he does and changes and adjusts and, and, and moves things around, shifts things. Pretty soon, man, life and peace. Praise God. That's reigning. That's being the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, praise God. Amen. Kind of a different way of looking at this today, but, but this is kind of how this, is how this works, praise God. So when we're talking about receiving, amen, what's been offered, Everything he's talking about here in order to reign in life, everything he talks about there in, in Romans 5 and 6 and 7 and 8, amen, all of that, praise God, is trying to bring across to you that you're not that old person anymore. You're not of the, of the natural realm anymore. Uh, we, might, we might live on planet Earth, but we're not of it. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're, we're of a different household now, a different faith. I mean, a different uh, uh, household of faith, a different, uh, you know, family. Amen. We're part of the family of God. In fact, as you read on in Romans 8, it begins to show you that you're now, you know, I take this thing called sonship. Amen. Where you're now a part. You have to receive the fact you're a part of a different family. And you have a different spirit now you work from and live from as you read on even further. And then pretty soon it starts talking that, that you have a God that's for you and that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. You're conquerors, you're overcomers, that no matter what comes against you in the natural, you overcome it because of whose you are and who, hallelujah, what you've attached your thinking to, praise God. This is how this thing works, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scripture says in Philippians 2, praise God that we have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. So I, that's one of the things I, when I start thinking about, it, I'm going to attach my thinking. I have the mind of Christ. I have a mind, hallelujah, uh, that's attached to, to his way of thinking, praise God. I have the mind of Christ. Now I want to show you one more text and I'll let you go. And that's Ephesians chapter 4, please. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. And it just says this, verse 17 and 18. 
This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Here we go, in the futility. All right, now, come on now, depravity of their mind. Okay, that literally means incapable of producing right right results, okay? So having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of the heart, and it goes on. But it talks about being alienated from the life of God. It's just another way of saying the same thing we've been saying. The word alienated means a non-participant. So it just says that wrong way of thinking, it it makes you a non-participant of what God has to offer you. So again, it's just another thing I wanted to add to this because that when we're talking about, you know, setting our mind, amen, in accordance to the spirit, not accordance to flesh, that's what we're talking about. We are now in, we've now set our mind in agreement with what he says, amen, regardless of how it looks and regardless of how I feel, amen, hallelujah. When I set myself in agreement with him, when I set my mind uh, in, in accordance to the spirit, what I've done now is I've given God room to do things and I can begin to walk and live the life of God I'm called to, praise God, reigning in life like we're destined for. I hope you got something today, praise the Lord. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for your word, for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, taking us higher. Hallelujah, showing us these things, revealing these things. Praise God. Thank you for a people, praise God, that are walking in the spirit living by the Spirit, hallelujah, in accordance to the Spirit, and we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I call you blessed, child of God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.